0: God, we thank you for uh, Bear Valley Church. We thank you for each one here. Ask that you use our time. uh, That you would change us. That you would remind us of that which is true. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, It's great to be with you all today. Uh, Some of you were not born in this country. Uh, I was born in Santa Barbara at Cottage Hospital. Anyone haven't gone to Cottage Hospital? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, my mom actually, uh, she was, she learned how to be a nurse there and then she gave birth there to her favorite son, me. (laughs) I don't have any brothers, but I I didn't, I didn't even say, I didn't even say favorite child because there's, there's just, there's, there's possibility I'm not, wasn't the favorite. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, uh, some of you were not born in this country, and uh, my father was not born in this country. He, uh, many of you know, he was an immigrant from Germany, came during World War II. But he would always say to me, and some of you would say this too, that this is the best country in the world. And when you say that, a lot of times you connect it to different things, different particular things that make it the best country in the world. Some of you would say it's the land. It's the land. It's the beauty of the land. Maybe you've traveled. Uh, how many of you have traveled to the East Coast? Yeah. How many of you have traveled to like Mojave or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Gone all the way to Mojave. Uh, but as you go across the country, it's, it's amazing the different places that you can go and the beauty of this land, even as we, we might sing in a, a moment, uh, uh, from the mountains to the prairies, you know, the, this picture and this beautiful, and we live in a beautiful place. Tatchby is pretty amazing. Um, but I, I grew up in Santa Barbara and uh, the vastness of the ocean, uh, a beautiful place. But I've also, uh, my wife's from Grants Pass, Oregon. We've uh, gone up there. It's beautiful there too. And, and we've, we've traveled. We've, you know, seen some sites, have been to Yosemite, i have been to Yellowstone, Travel to the East Coast, and it has a beauty. Even some of the cities, there's a beauty to it that you, is just kind of fascinating. And so, you might say uh, this is the best country because of the land, the land, the places that you can see. Uh, you can go from the Florida Keys to Alaska. You really can't go. There. That's that's too far. But um, if you could, it's very very different, but very beautiful uh, and amazing. Uh, the country that we get to be a part of, uh, others would might, maybe you 'd say the opportunity the opportunity that we live in a place where you can come and uh, my dad was one of these that came as a young man with not many possessions, and he was able to get an occupation, a career, and then he was able to get possessions and own his own home and uh, live a, a very good life in terms of possessions. And so maybe you'd say in your mind, it's the greatest country because of the opportunity. Some, some people would e- even say this, it's because of the people, the people. American ingenuity or American exceptionalism that we we can figure stuff out. And we do figure stuff out. It's interesting uh, every hiccup in history that we see as in our country, uh, amazing in- ingenuity comes out of that, and, and new businesses, and new ideas. It's amazing what the people uh, c- people can do uh, as they see. And maybe you look at Americans as different. Some would say, and some of you are involved in this, you'd say the military. It's the greatest fighting force in all the world. And You have men and technology and you put that together and you have amazing planes and, you know, some of you know about the F-26. You guys don't know about, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that, should I? It's not come out yet, you know, yeah. No, uh, there's always new and better planes and retrofit and they can do amazing things. They can fly themselves and, and, and you know, do smart. All this stuff is amazing. And you might say, uh, this is why uh, it's the greatest country in the world. And there may be other things you might think too. But I would suggest to you that it's none of these things. It's none of them. They're, they're interesting and they're fascinating and and they do have their place, and there is a, a blessing to them. But I'd suggest to you what makes this country the best country in the world is the documents, is the documents. And what I mean by that is this: the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And, and it's not that they were great in and of themselves. Many of you know this section of the Declaration of Independence that I'd like to read to you now. Some of you could recite it because you paid attention in school. Um, but it says this, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, liberty, And what? Show-offs, show-offs, the pursuit of happiness. It's interesting, I think this section really defines who we are as a country and the basis really for our Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And what makes this the best country in the world, you know, there could be others to be similar to this, is really one thing I want to point out. That it acknowledges that we have a creator. A creator. Acknowledges that we have a creator. Did you hear it? That all men are created equal. All men are created equal. And so being created, each one of us, that there's no greater sense of value one to another. In fact, uh, we'll look at it in a moment. But we were not just created, but we were created in God's image. That's a... Amazing truth. Goes on to say, and and really the basis for what we read in the Constitution as well as the Bill of Rights, that we are created equal, that they were endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That the creator gave rights to his creation. And I would just say this, that the men who wrote these documents acknowledged that there was a creator and it was God. There might be wild things about them and there might, there obviously was things of uh, sins and pride and various other things in these original, but they acknowledged this one thing, that there's a creator and he has granted each person certain rights they acknowledged their creator, our creator. It wasn't kings, it wasn't princes or prime ministers or presidents. Is that they acknowledged that they were created by God. And so now that becomes the basis for the country that we live in. I wanna move from the, the country that we live in to the scripture that we hold. Because it's much more important. it's interesting that governments can come and go, come and go. In fact, there could be other great countries to come if they would do this very same thing, if they would acknowledge that they have a creator and that he, his design of mankind uh, is the way to set up a country, uh, to live in a city or a town or a state or uh, any section of land. That is uh, the one piece that needs to be in place as a foundation for all freedom. Governments don't have the right for freedom. They don't. They can't bestow on, uh, say, you know, you're allowed to be free. You're allowed to breathe now. You're allowed to eat. You're allowed to marry and have children. And you're, you're allowed to do that. This is a right of the creation In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, uh, in the midst of the creation plan, I want to say this. I made a crack a couple of weeks back about literal six-day creation. Uh, I'll just tell you, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. Um, And you say, oh, you know, that doesn't line up with science. I know. I know. But I have a creator, my heavenly father, who wrote a book. He wrote a book. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. And the Bible gives no clue, no clue in the the first couple of chapters that it's anything other than six days, six literal days. And so that's what I hold to. Could I be wrong? (laughs) I've been wrong before, but I doubt I am on this one, okay? Uh, There may be something I don't understand, but I don't think it is, okay? Okay. And, and, and I, I want to encourage you about this. I want to encourage you about this. Start and end with a Bible. Start and end with a Bible, right? Um, God took great, he went to great lengths for us to preserve his scripture. He wrote a book that we might know. And you say, well, this scientist that God created said something different. And I, I just want to tell you, be careful who you listen to. Uh, if they walk in darkness, chances are uh, they will spew out darkness. Um, anyways, back to my message today. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says this So God created man in his own image, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Very succinctly, and as you go on to chapter 2, you hear more about his creation. But know this, know this, there is at the outset of the scripture, at the beginning of time, there is this, there's this relationship of the creator and his creation and his crowning creation too. Man is special, right? And there's this distinction that he created them, what? Male and female. And so as we look at, as I just want to share with you this time, this is all about our creator, and us being his creation. That's what this is all about this morning. And so we know that we are created. We are given freedom as a man, as a woman. I, I would say this too, not absolute freedom. And what I mean by that is this. We can't do anything we want. We can't do anything we want. In fact, there are things that we can't do. We can't, without a plane, fly. Many men have tried. Don't try. Don't try. Okay? Even if you think you can, right? You heard the song. I feel like I can fly, right? Uh, no, 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 don't try it because you can't. There's limitations. There's also limitations of like sinfulness that God has put governments in place that he would make sure that he would hold things together in a simple sort of way. So there are limitations. It's not absolute. But we are created and we have received these rights from God. I want to talk to you about some verses that connect with our creator. And I'd say this, that as we go on from being his creation at the outset there's a certain responsibility and a, a response of the created being to the creator. I think of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. And if you know the book of Ecclesiastes, you know it's a a book about, you know, the the things of life, right? Trying and, and looking for happiness and fulfillment and maybe not finding it and a struggle to find it. And in this concluding chapter... Uh, And he says something, the writer says something very important that especially for those who are young, but true for all, he says this. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, remember also your creator in the days of your youth. And we have some young people here today, uh, kids, young adults. I just want to tell you that's true for you right now. And, and you might say, well, I feel like I should try a bunch of wrong answers before I settle on the right one. That's a dumb idea. That's a dumb idea. And, and I, I want to tell you, kids, don't point them out or anything. You're sitting around a lot of older people who did that already, right? They tried the wrong answer and it didn't work out so good. And, and they could tell you by way of testimony, don't go that way. I remember talking to a a young person here at um, Bear Valley Church, and I said, you know, it's always good to learn from others' mistakes, not your own. And they confidently said to me, oh, I never do that. I always like to learn from my own mistakes. And I go, "Ah." The time is now. The time is now. If you're young right now, if you're old right now, it's the way to live that you might say with every day, God, what do you want me to do? You're my creator. I'm your creation. How should I live this life that you've blessed me with? Remember your creator in the days of your youth. If you'd go on in chapter 12 of the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll see the writer says, remember your creator because tough times are going to come. Tough times are going to come. And the older you get, the more tough or difficult they become. You'll see those things. And so the time to walk with God is right now, even in your youth. In Romans chapter 1, it shows the other side of this. And another passage about creation, God being your creator, us being the created ones. And, And if you look at Romans chapter 1, you'll see, There's a rejection of God, the creator. And it's the idea of saying, I got my own idea. I got a better idea. I'm not going to listen to you, God. I'm not going to listen to you, my my creator. And it says this uh, of these people. It says in verse 25 of chapter 1 of the book of Romans, it says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. You know how you can mess up your life? Well, there's lots of ways, (laughs) lots of opportunities. But live your life worshiping something other than your creator, anything. It could be yourself, it could be someone else, it could be a husband or a wife, your children, it could be a government, it could be a boss, it could be your friends, whatever, it could be yourself. But the ruin of a life comes when you exchange the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve a creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. In John chapter 3, a familiar passage to many of us, Nicodemus, a religious leader, a ruler of his day, came to Jesus at night, most likely because he didn't want to be seen talking to Jesus. And he came and, and, and he was asking and wondering about who Jesus was because of his teaching. And as he asked these questions of Jesus, Jesus clearly said to him, you must be born again. You must be born again. As you think about that, even what we're talking about here, you're created. You're created. Sin happens in the world in the book of Genesis, and it, it filters out to everything. It touches everything, including you and I. We are connected to Adam and his sin. And as you think about this, and, uh, you know, Nicodemus had these questions, and you can read through the beginning of chapter 3 of uh, John and and how Nicodemus struggles through this. He says, Jesus how can one, when they're old, be born again? How, how does that happen? You know, you, Can't you only be born once? This doesn't make sense to me. I'm kind of a scientist. It just this doesn't work. But Jesus said, you must be born again. And it's in believing in me, believing in me. And then we go from there to the most famous of all passages, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. the language there kind of catches us off guard a little bit because it says whoever believes in him is not condemned. But uh, you, you say, well, you know, maybe, maybe someone who has a, you know, they're neutral at some point. Verse 18 doesn't say you're neutral. It says you're either believing in him or you're not believing in him and you're condemned already if you're not. You're stuck there apart from Jesus. I just want to tell you this morning as we we think this through, the only place for us to truly be free is that we would be in right relationship with our creator. The creator had a plan. God had a plan. The plan was uh, that he would be the creator and that uh, throughout the lives and the generations that they would acknowledge him, not just in a tipping of hat, "Oh, oh, I'm created, but there would be right relationship with him. And because of Adam's sin, we're we're stuck in sin, and there's only one answer, and it's Jesus. God loved us so much that he gave his only son. And that by believing in that one only son, that special son, we have life. We have life where we were condemned. One last verse I want to share with you. It's from the apostle Paul as he wrote to the church at Colossae. It's in chapter three, verse 10. And it's in a section where he's talking about how do we live now? And, and how, how do you live as a Christian? And maybe some of you are struggling with that right now. You, how, how do we live? I've come to faith in Jesus Christ. How do I live now? And he uses the picture of the old life and the new life the old life and the new life. And the old life is like a, a, a dirty shirt that you take off and you don't put on again. And you take that new shirt that's different. In Colossians chapter three, verse 10, it says this, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. What our life is now, if you've trusted in Christ, is that you and I, are now God is working in us that we would be like him, that we would be like him. And this is what it is to follow after your creator. It's not about what your family has done. It's not about what the rest of the people around you and your culture are doing. It's that your life now follows after your creator. I want to tie up our time by saying this. Freedom comes from our creator. It comes at our birth and our inception. We have some freedoms there, but true freedom that comes from our sins comes from our Creator. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. And you and I were designed to be in right relationship with our Creator. And so I ask you two questions. They're kind of the same, but hopefully clarifying for you. The first one is this Are you in right relationship with your Creator? Him being the one on the throne and you being his creation, his follower. We don't know exactly of all the, the founders of our country, of whether they but they acknowledge that at the outset. The second question is this, and maybe more direct are your sins forgiven in Jesus? Are your sins forgiven? Every one of them. And there's there's only one way. It's through what Jesus did on the cross. I want to tell you that many times uh, we walk around like a shadow is following us of the past. <laughs> like, like, like we can't get away from it. We're jumpy because we go, what, what about that sin or this sin? Remember that day and remember this. What if somebody finds out? I want to tell you this. If you're forgiven in Jesus, if you've trusted in Christ, throughout the book, but especially in John chapter 3, He reiterates over and over again, if you believe, you're not condemned. If you believe, you have eternal life. If you believe, you're mine, you're born again. I I wanna tell you that that's my desire for you. That's God's desire for you is that you would be his and you walk with him. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this time, this weekend, what we get to celebrate in our, our country. And God, uh, may we never trust in our country. May we always trust in Jesus. God, as we live here, may we enjoy the freedoms that we have and be thankful to you for being able to experience them. May we pray for our leaders and uh, the people around us that you put in areas of responsibility of leadership. God, may we long for heaven the place where we'll be forever, the everlasting life that you have uh, paid paid for us at the price of your son. God, thank you for this time. Grow your church, honor yourself here in this place. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.